Welcome, everybody, to the Cough Our Ear podcast. I'm your host, Ty McDonough. This podcast will cover all MMA news, such as fight cards, results, dates, potential fights, and also my predictions and personal opinions on all of it. I've wanted to start this podcast for a while, but never really had the balls to do it. So this year, I just kind of wanted to face my fears, step outside of my comfort zone and do it. Um, I enjoy sports of all kinds, but I'm just truly passionate about like MMA and UFC. So that's what I kind of wanted to base this podcast off of and uh, hope you all enjoy. I know every other MMA podcast and show has already given out their 2020 awards, so I won't spend too much time on those. But overall, I do think it is very important to talk about how the UFC did in 2020. The main thing to remember here is that Dana White provided a plan for all the other sports organizations on how to come back successfully. You might remember that there was no March Madness that got canceled. The NBA stopped midseason, NHL stopped their season, MLB. All these other sports organizations just came to a halt because of the COVID pandemic. And Dana White did not want to do that. He was determined to keep on putting fights for the fans um, and keep running things as normally as possible. He got a lot of criticism about that from the media and then also by the Disney and ESPN executives who told him to stand down. But the whole time, Dana was very determined on figuring out a solution on how to still put on fights. And he did a fantastic job of that. He did all the necessary efforts to keep these fighters safe. There was quarantines, multiple COVID tests once you got to the arena before you fall, everything like that. And also having it in places where they could socially distance and have no fans. The multiple arenas they had it in was like the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, Fight Island uh, was a huge success. And then also the first couple events back, like UFC 249, uh, was in Jacksonville, Florida. Strictly from the UFC standpoint, they saw some very great success in 2020. Uh, They kept all their employees. No one was laid off or let go during this pandemic. Dana White claims that this was the biggest financially successful year in company history. And then if you just look now at the number of social media followers and the people watching the UFC, it is at an all-time high. And I think that can definitely be credited to Dana White's perseverance and leadership. And I think he also deserves some credit on being really the the leader of bringing sports back. Without him, I don't know if there would have been the NBA bubble, uh, all these other leagues coming back and organizations. I don't know if they would have came back as soon as they did without Dana White being able to find a solution and pushing on even when he got some negative criticism for that. The quality of fights all year were incredible and it wasn't just on the pay-per-views but also on the UFC fight nights that are included on ESPN and ESPN plus so if you have those they were just free to you Um, absolutely insane not just particular fights but there were some stacked fight cards on those as well which is great for fans who you know they would be called casuals most of the time don't usually watch Every event, um, or if they do watch, it's only huge pay-per-views just for, like, the main event. If you got, like, Israel Adesanya fighting or Jorge Masvidal or Conor McGregor or something like that. So having these free events where there's just some insane fights is, can only help the sport grow and have more people just watch because they're interested and then grow into fans. 
So for these awards, like I said earlier, most of these UFC podcasts and shows have already given out their awards, so I'm not going to spend too much time. I think this year, all of the all of the awards could be super competitive. You can make an argument for many different fighters um, and winners for these awards. Uh, so I'm not going to give necessarily a, a definitive winner because when you look online and things like that, there's just really depends on your opinion. Um, so I'm just going to kind of give a quick overview of some of the bigger awards that were given out uh, and kind of my thoughts on it. So for Fighter of the Year, obviously Davidson Figueredo is a top contender for that, having four fights, winning the title, um, defending it. I think it was three weeks after that one pay-per-view with Brandon Moreno at the end of the year, which was an absolutely insane fight. Um, obviously a top contender. Israel Adesanya is another one that keeps popping up on a lot of lists. Um, he beat Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. Not necessarily the most entertaining fights, and I am a huge Izzy fan, but I think that plays into a lot of the style of Yoel and Paulo and kind of just being, it kind of seemed like they were intimidated by Izzy just because he is so dangerous, so it kind of threw him off their game. Um, and Izzy did, it, he smoked Paulo Costa. So I think that puts him in the running as well. And then a lot of people have Kevin Holland, um, which I completely understand that as well. Five wins in seven months. Finished the year with an absolutely insane knockout. Um, I could see him up there as well. If I had to give it to one, I would probably give it to Figueredo, Figgy. Um, but again, all of these, you can make an argument. Uh, fight of the year, Zhang Weili versus Joanna happened early in the year. Um, but absolutely insane fight, maybe the greatest women's fight in UFC history. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend go checking it out. I know um, some people think that all girls' fights are boring, but that was absolutely insane. I would highly recommend going and watching that. Um, Figgy versus Brandon Moreno at the end of the year. Absolutely insane fight. Great way to finish out the year uh, pay-per-view-wise. I would say that's definitely in the running as well. And then for the free fights, which I talked about, you got Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker was a great fight. And then Shane Burgess versus Josh Emmett, both on either ESP, UFC on ESPN, which is basically the same thing as UFC Fight Night, and then UFC Fight Night, both completely free. Um, so fans were able to watch that without even having to pay for anything. Breakout fighter of the year was very close. I think, you know, Kevin Holland, like I said, five five wins in seven months. Absolutely incredible. Maybe could go to Hazmat Shemaev. A lot of people liked him. I think a lot of his success can be given credit to that he was on Fight Island. So he already went through the quarantine and test and everything like that. So he's able to do that two fights in 10 days thing because he was on the island. So could he do that in a regular year? Probably probably not. Who knows? Um, I think it was to his benefit that there was a fight island and that he was already there. But all the respect to him for being able to put away his opponents the way he did. Um, the knockout of Gerald Mercer was absolutely insane, that one-punch knockout. Um he, he did great. So, obviously, you could argue for either of those guys. 
I'd probably give it to Kevin Holland. I know that's probably not the most popular pick from what I'm seeing online, but that's who I would give it to. Um, and then you could also throw other people in there. Some people threw uh, Davidson Figueredo in that category as well. Um, Marvin Vittori, these other fighters. But basically versus Hazmat and Holland for that one. Knockout of the year was crazy. Um, Joaquin Buckley, in my opinion, there's no question that he wins that award. He blew up all over ESPN, Sports Center, all on social media. His his spinning kick to the face, whatever that was, that was absolutely insane. The way his opponent fell, it was just, I think maybe the the greatest knockout that that we may ever see in UFC. It was absolutely insane. Um, no question, he wins. But that that doesn't take credit away from some of these other knockouts we saw. Cody Garbrandt. Had a very nice knockout. Francis Naganu had a 13-second KO over Rosenstrike, who is, you know, one of the top guys in that division. I think Francis has just been kind of, like, kind of expected to do that kind of thing now. Um, but also, you can't take credit away from him. Kevin Holland versus Jacare, which I mentioned right at the end of the year. Insane knockout. Um yeah, but when you look at that bucket one that just went super viral, that's going to be shown for many, many years. So I think you should, you know, if you're giving out that award, it should probably go to Buckley. Overall, just a really incredible year, and I'm super excited for 2021 and what it's going to bring. Didn't want to spend too much time going over those because, I mean, there there's fight cards coming up right on the 16th. Um, we're going to get right back in the swing of things. So I'm looking forward to 2021. More crazy fight cards. Try not to get my hopes up for some of these announced for like March 6th. Um, if y'all have seen that, that is just an absolutely insane card. Izzy versus uh, Jan. Uh, just uh, Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Amanda Nunes is coming back. I mean, there is just... Crazy, crazy fights coming up, um, and I don't try to try not get my hopes up since they are far away and so many things can happen like injuries and COVID and everything like that. But I do feel safe in mentioning um, this fight island triple he- triple header coming up, uh, January sixteenth. You got Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater as the main event. That's going to be a good card, and then. Closer to those dates, I'm going to come out with another episode, kind of giving a breakdown of who all is fighting, some fights to look out for, things like that. January 20th, you got uh, Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. And then for the pay-per-view on January 23rd, you got the return of the notorious Conor McGregor in a rematch against Dustin Poirier, who, to his credit, he is much more experienced now and a much more skilled fighter overall. He was good. When he faced Conor the first time, but I think now when you look at him, he's much more experienced fighter. Um, yeah, I'll do a breakdown of each of these fight cards closer to their dates, but what an absolutely crazy way to start off the year. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to make sure these episodes are interesting, not super boring, and something you can enjoy listening to. So this is going to be my final segment of my very first podcast episode. It is going to be my predictions for 2021. 
Some of these predictions may seem bold. Uh, they definitely might not happen. But I just want to put them out there. So this time next year, I'll be able to look back, see how accurate I was, if any of them came true, or if I just sound like a total idiot and none of them were even close. So my first prediction is that Conor McGregor will fight three times this year. I know last year during the buildup with Cowboy, he talked about 2020 being his season, the year of perfect vision and all of that, and him wanting to fight. After that 40-second knockout over Donald Cerrone, he was talking to Dana about finding anyone he could. I know he even brought up Diego Sanchez. I mean, he just wanted to get in and fight as soon as March. I mean, that that fight with Cerrone happened in January. So he, he was ready to go. He wanted to fight multiple times. Dana didn't want to do that. He wanted to make sure fans get in the arena uh, with the whole COVID thing. Didn't see a solution for that or see it being possible that he could get fans in there. I think this year, Dana finds that solution, gets fans in there, and books Connor multiple times. Um, the, the possibilities of Connor fighting are just endless. I know Dana's going to talk to Khabib this week about going and get that 30th win. As you may remember, when Khabib beat Justin Gagey, he retired said that he was done, made a promise to his mom. So his record right now is 29-0. Dana's going to go and talk to him. Dana's very confident that he can convince Khabib to come back. So, I mean, that rematch with Connor is just absolutely insane. I feel like it would break all pay-per-view records. Um, and I know Connor is dying for that rematch, and he's confident that he could win that one. So that'd be a great fight to make. Not saying that Khabib would want to do that. I know he's talked about not being interested in that rematch with Connor since he already beat him and all the bad blood in that buildup. He's not really interested in going through that again. He's also mentioned before that the only reason he would come back is for a GSP fight. Um, so I'm not sure. There's a lot of obstacles to work out there. But if that Khabib versus Connor matchup could happen in 2021, I mean, come on, that's just absolutely insane. But the 155 weight division right now is super interesting when you look at all the contenders there. And I know Connor is wanting to fight for that belt. So a lot of matchups there against very high-level opponents that could happen in 2021 to, to fight for that belt and Connor getting that back. He's also expressed some interest in moving up to 170. So you got people there like Jorge Masvidal would also be a very interesting possibility. Uh, the people Connor can fight are endless because all these fighters are going to want to fight him just because he is the money fight. I mean, he is Connor McGregor. So I feel like the pe the opponents is not the problem. Uh, just making sure you get booked and everything like that. Another possibility I could see is Connor going outside of the octagon and returning to boxing. He's talked about how his return to boxing is just a matter of time. He wants to go and win a world title in boxing and then he wants to box again. Uh, no one makes more sense than Manny Pacquiao. Uh, it's been brought up multiple times. They're both interested in it. He's a big name, just like Floyd Mayweather, a legend in boxing. Connor wants those kind of opponents. He wants to add to his legacy. Uh, so that Manny Pacquiao fight just makes sense. If it doesn't happen in 2021, I feel like it definitely happens by 2022. Like in 2022, it'll happen if not this year. Um, Connor's going to return to boxing. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I could also see that happening. Maybe two fights in the UFC, one in boxing, 
Who knows? But overall, Conor McGregor will fight three times this year. So my second prediction is that the John Jones versus Israel Adesanya fight happens this year. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because of COVID, injuries, and all the other possibilities that could definitely make things subject to change. But as of right now, it seems official that Izzy will be fighting Jan for the light heavyweight championship March 6th at UFC 259. That card right now is absolutely stacked, but you got Izzy is obviously the main event. So if he can successfully win that fight and become the fastest double champ in UFC history, winning a belt in the division that John Jones was so dominant over for so many years, it almost seems inevitable to me that with their rivalry and the back and forth on social media and everything like that, that John is going to want to come back down and face Izzy for that fight. John only wants things that will add to his legacy, and that's why he claims that he moved up to heavyweight and he's not going to come back down. But if Izzy wins that title, I feel like that will be enough for him to come back down and want to do that super fight. So my third prediction is that there will be a UFC fight card in either Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas or at the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium. Dana White has been pushing for live audience like through this whole pandemic, and there's already a limited audience for this upcoming Fight Island cards. So I feel like there's no one better to figure out how to make that possible than Dana White. I feel like this prediction can tie into my first two because I feel like if they do do this, it's going to either be with Conor McGregor or Israel Adesanya. Uh, Conor McGregor has talked about fighting in both of these stadiums, and the money the UFC can make by putting on a show with Conor McGregor there is just absolutely ridiculous. And then I've, I think that the second biggest star in the UFC is probably Izzy right now, just based off like pay-per-view buys and draw power and things like that. Uh, Izzy is just a massive star. So if you pair him up with John Jones in Allegiant Stadium, which he has talked about, he said uh, whenever he's ready to move up to that weight division, he wants to do it at Allegiant Stadium against John Jones. I feel like it's safe to say that he's ready since he is going to be fighting for that title on March 6th. So, either having Conor McGregor there or Izzy versus John Jones would do crazy numbers, not only with the pay-per-view buys, but with the attendance. Allegiant Stadium can hold around 70,000. I think for football games, when the Raiders play there, it holds 65. But by putting the Octagon in there, I think they can get an additional 5,000 seats. And then the Cowboys Stadium can hold uh, 105,000. So, those are my predictions. I have a few more, but... I think those are just the main ones I wanted to say. The other ones, I, I don't even know if I truly believe in them. I think I was just kind of throwing them out there and just being super bold. So I would I would say I'm confident in these. And yeah. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to my very first episode of the Cauliflower Ear Podcast. I'm going to keep putting out episodes, especially closer to these fight cards, going over them, some of the fights to watch for, who I think will win, and everything like that. I'll also be going over the latest fight news, fight results, and giving my opinion on all of it. If you enjoyed, please follow my podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I just listen on Spotify, but no matter what platform, if you enjoyed, please drop a follow. You can also message me on social media, giving me criticism. If you think there's something I could do better or change up, please let me know. Obviously, positive feedback is welcome as well. I'd love to hear that. Um, anything you think I could change or do better, let me know. Uh, 
also, if there's a topic you'd like me to discuss, I know there's uh, debates, everything like that. If you want me to go over those or something I forgot to mention, maybe just let me know. Uh, always welcome to hearing from y'all. So hope you enjoyed and thanks again.